Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Doug Krisner in New York, 17 past the hour. Now we check markets for you every 15 minutes throughout the trading day here on Bloomberg. We're seeing a rally in tech shares lifting equity indices to record levels, at least for the Dow and the S&P. The afternoon call is brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? A minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. You can learn more by visiting blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments LLC. Now let's get over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Doug. Stocks are climbing today with the Nasdaq outperforming. Dow's currently higher by 125 points. SB's gained 18, while the Nasdaq climbed 76. The small cap 600 is up three points and the U.S. 10 yield at 2.19%. Seven of the main 11 SB sectors are trading higher led by gains in technology, healthcare, and the financials. Energy and telecom led to the downside. NASA Biotech's jumped 2.5%. Transports rise 35. Semis jumped 16. And the VIX is little changed. Leaders to the upside in the Dow are Apple, J.P. Morgan, and Goldman Sachs, while Travelers and ExxonMobil led to the downside. Regarding movers in the biotech space, Clovis Oncology surged as much as 52% on its ovarian cancer data, while EQT fell as much as 10% after its deal for Rice Energy. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Doug? All right, many thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg terminal, you can type S-Q-U-A-W-K and get all the action. That's it on Markets. Back to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Master and Corey Johnson. All right, Doug Krisner, thank you. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. This portion brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. This is Bloomberg Radio. You have a company called Quotient. It's got an interesting look at the Amazon Whole Foods deal. Uh, Stephen, as I read the uh, Blue Apron filing, it tells me that the uh, U.S. grocery market is estimated to be a $782 billion market, but just 1.2% of that is online. How can we imagine the future of the, the grocery business? Uh, it's a great question. Thanks for having me here. The, uh, the U.S. grocery business is approximately $600 billion if you don't include sort of the fresh aisle. And, and with that, it's roughly $800 billion to a trillion. And if you look at the history of the grocery business in America, which has really been a brick-and-mortar business, the advent of mobile has really started to change the way people are thinking about grocery shopping. And so if you fast forward from here over the course of the next several years, you're going to find that the connection between the mobile phone and the experience in store and the opportunity to engage online all converge to make grocery shopping a much more seamless and enjoyable experience. Well, I mean, I get the, I get the, the, how it could work, but when I look at a business that's got, you know, 2% uh, operating margins, there isn't a lot of room for delivery in that. I don't, I know, where's, where's the, how's the model going to work? I have heard stories, anecdotes from venture capitalists and such that services like Instacart, which I love, lose vast amounts of money with every order. You, you've got that, uh, you've got the thesis right. So in a business where the margins are as slim as they are, you have to find efficiency in order to be able to introduce services like delivery. 
Now, you're on one side of the equation now with the Amazon announcement at Whole Foods, you've got interesting things starting to happen in the market with a, with a technology-first company thinking about this last-mile problem. And then on the other side, you've got entrenched retailers, large $60 billion, $70, $100 billion retailers who have the wherewithal to experiment, even with these thin margins, on different models for doing delivery. Now, remember, there are, there are several models for this. There's deliverer to the home fresh. There's curbside pickup fresh. And then there's also pick and ship for things that are non-fresh like bulk. So what do you think this move by Amazon, what will it mean for how we get our groceries, our fresh produce going forward? Is it just, I mean, what's the big impact here? The biggest impact is that technology is really finally trying, you know, starting to make a change to the way people think about managing the entire supply chain, the entire process of order, uh, list build, order, and delivery or pickup of grocery. And, and it's not surprising that technology is starting to have this impact. It's impacting everything else we do. But your opening statement is absolutely correct. Two, three percent of grocery is done online now, is done electronically. So there's an awful lot to go. But if you think about the, the, the big change here is that consumers want to be able to smell the fresh product. They want to be able to feel the fruit. They want to be able to visually inspect the meat and fish. And it's a hard proposition to be able to deliver those products in a high-quality way with consistency. And, well, you know, it, it really only takes one experience that's a negative one with a consumer to change the way they think. Right. But I look at, certainly in in the New York metro area, and I'm assuming where Corey is, um, I'm fine. Go ahead, Fresh Direct. <laughs> you want to, you wanna, you know, deliver everything. I'm okay with not walking through the aisles and smelling and feeling and everything. But you're right. The quality's got to be good. Otherwise, I'm going to stop. Is this a profitable business? What does it take, though, for home grocery delivery to be profitable, very profitable. So uh, so the distinction between profitable and very profitable is a, is a tough one. It's a slim margin business overall, yeah, right. but quite large, as we know. It's not as simple as one model will carry the day. You have to add a lot of things together, which include bringing promotional activity, the same uh, comp to an in-store promotion you have to bring that online and you also have to have a in other words you're talking about slotting fees and the things that make groceries cash flow work because manufacturers of food products are willing to pay to get the stuff in the store exactly that that 200 billion dollars a year of trade spend in the industry and a big portion of spend that's through the shopper marketing budget that needs to apply online and just imagine a case where a consumer has the opportunity a shopper in store to receive discount and their online experience differs. Well, that's not going to be a long-lived, uh, a long-lived proposition. Just to go back to something that you said before, Carol. Sure. In New York, you have Fresh Direct, and you're quite happy to have them delivered. Just got 20 Neighbor- seconds. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, New York City is a special place. Yeah. Silicon Valley may be a special place, but the rest of America makes up that grocery shopping store, and that's at 98%. So it really does take technology to make these changes. Yeah. A lot of what we do as a company actually is helping offline grocers deliver it in this way. 
Well, we'll have to continue the conversation another time because it's fascinating what's going on. Yeah. Stephen Bowl, founder, CEO at Quotient, joining us on the phone from Mountain View, California.